Well, welcome again to another podcast, Down to Earth, but Heavenly Minded. And I'm your host, Irv Risch. And uh, today we're going to continue on in our study in the book of Hebrews. Uh, And our subject today will be the earthly holy place. Uh, And that's really what chapter 9 is covering today, so... Uh, Let's jump into our scripture right away. Now, even the first covenant uh, had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which were the lampstands and the table and the bread uh, of the presence. It is called a holy place. Uh, Behind the second curtain was the second section called the Most Holy Place, having the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant uh, covered on all sides with gold, in which was uh, the gold Urim holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and the tablets of the Covenant uh, and I just want to mention before we, we kind of move on here is that gold represents in the scriptures uh, deity. It's uh, the holiest God, his deity, who he really is. He is God Almighty. Okay, above it were the cherubims uh, of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things, we cannot speak in detail. Uh, and and uh, the writer of Hebrews does not go into detail on it uh, because uh, they were so holy, uh, they were really uh, hard to speak about. These uh, partitions having been made, the priest uh, goes regularly into the first section to perform uh, ritual duties. But into the second, only the high priest goes, and he is not, but he, uh, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people by the Holy Spirit. Ah. indicating that the way into the holy place is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing. Uh, I think I kind of get the idea here. Uh, Why do we need the first section if everything has been taken care of? And I believe that's what it's saying here. Uh, The first section is still standing, which is symbolic of the present age. Okay. And according to the argument, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deals only with food or drink or various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. Okay, this is all done uh, in the beginning. But it goes on uh, after 
Christ's completion of all these things that were going on was speaking of what God was going to do. Uh, and now we come to the redemption through the blood of Christ. And we know that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. So <clears throat> I need to drink a coffee here and we'll go into the next section here. Well, but Christ appeared as the high priest of a good thing that has come. Then, uh, through the greater and more perfect tent, he made with hand, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, it's of another creation. He entered once for all into the holy place, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, uh, thus securing an eternal redemption. You know, even the blood of lambs and goats was only temporal, and it was of this realm, the earthly realm, and they could only take care of things in this realm. But with Christ's sacrifice, it takes care of eternal things, things beyond this realm of uh, of time. And, and we're speaking about eternal things, things unseen right now. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of the heifer sanctified for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, uh, purifying our conscience from dead works to serve a living God? Oh. As I think about these things, I think about how great Christ's sacrifice really was. Therefore, he is the mediator of the new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promise, uh, promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeemed them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. In other words, everything that was going on in the first covenant um, was looking forward to this sacrifice of Christ. For uh, where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it will be established. And we all like to be uh, put in the will of somebody that has uh, wealth. And who else? Uh, has more wealth than God himself. And we are in his will uh, if we have received this sacrifice that was made for our sins. For a will takes effect only by death. The person has to die before the will goes into effect. Since it is not in force as long as one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when uh, every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of the calf and goats with water and, and scarlet wool and hispus and sprinkled 
both the book itself and the people, saying, this is the blood of the new covenant of God uh, commanded for you. And the same way he sprinkled uh, with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, uh, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And that's the scripture I've quoted many times. There has to be shedding of blood. Okay, thus it was necessary for the copy of the heavenly things to be purified with those rituals. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these. For Christ has entered into the holy place, and we're not talking about an earthly holy place, but a heavenly holy place, made with hands, uh, with a copy of the things, true things. In other words, those things that were made with hands were just, just a copy, but into heaven itself. That's the holy of holies, heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest entered the holy place every year with blood, not his own, or then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as he appeared uh, once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Think about that. I'm going to read it again. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Are you eagerly waiting for him? I know I am. Oh, I've just been saying, come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. We want to see the Lord come, and we want him to set up his kingdom, and because we're going to be part of that kingdom, because he shed his precious blood for each and every one of us who have put our faith and trust in him. Well, that's something to really think about today. So with that said, I will end my podcast. God is out here. Uh, he's in your Bible. All you have to do is open it. And he's waiting for you to find him. there. And he's there. And you will find out exactly who God is. Christ was the expressed image of the invisible God. Well, that's it for today. Have a great day. Lord bless till we get together again. Bye now.